So we are already two weeks in. We're, we're, we are two weeks deep into learning how to talk to Jesus. And I want to recap. Week one, I talked about how our Father listens to us when we pray and who our Father in heaven means to us and who we are. That was first week. I talked about how your prayer needs to start with glorifying Christ. Sometimes there is great moments to be honest with God. Sometimes you don't want to praise him. Sometimes you want to complain to him, and that's okay. But if all of it is is complaint, then your heart for prayer is in the wrong place. So you have to learn to uh, praise God first a lot of the times. But there are some times where you will slip because you're human. So, you, But you do need to learn how to praise God first in your prayer. Week two, I talked about how God's kingdom uh, is to come into our lives and around us. We pray for the kingdom. Philippians, I had Philippians 1.6. It says, and I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until the until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returned. I basically talked about how that God wants to work the kingdom within you to where the kingdom around you can thrive. So for week three, I want to jump into Matthew chapter six, verse 11. So we talked about our father in heaven. We talked about his kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for verse 11, it says, give us the food we need. Give us the food we need. Now, I need you to do something for me. Look to one of your neighbors right now. Give them another death stare. I need, to, I need you to give them my title, okay? Tell them, let's get this bread. Look to your other neighbor and say, let's get this bread. <laughs> let's get this bread. I've been hearing the phrase too of like, like, like get this bread is very old. It's a very old phrase. Now I hear like there's there's this rap song. It's like uh, it says something like Let, let's get to that money or something like that. Like it says it over and over again. And there's different like types of ways of saying let's get this bread. But I'm excited tonight to talk about the topic of it is God's provision. Tonight I'm really talking about how God is a supplier, not just in physical things, but even in the deep dark things of needs that you have that God's willing to supply. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for this message, Lord, as Abby has prayed over me. But Lord, I pray over us, Father. I pray over us as a group. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would speak, obviously, Lord, to me. And I pray that you pray to, uh, you speak to them as well, Lord God. I ask, Lord, that you would open up ears, Lord, to hear what you have to say. I pray whatever word is spoken, Lord, maybe it's not the whole message. Maybe it's a moment in the message that they really needed that came from you, Lord. Let that be done tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We serve a very generous God who takes care of us. His heart is for us to never lack, but to live an abundant life through him. I've learned that, that God, God is an ultimate supplier. God supplies everything I need. Provision in the definition means someone who supplies or provides. And I thought about that word supplying means that somebody, when you think of supplies, if you work somewhere that you're sending a bunch of supplies somewhere, you're supplying somebody with something, something that they need, something that they ordered. But my question is, is that what if you asked God for supply and he gave you what you actually didn't order? What if God, you're asking God for something and he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly 
what your life needs right now. And he sends you something that you didn't really expect, a different order that you were expecting as a supply. I have learned in my life that God is surprising what I am needing. I have learned in my life, and if you can detest as well or even testify, I have seen God supply in a way that I did not see coming. And the question tonight that I want to get into this is, the question is, do you see God as a provider in your life? Do you believe he has good things for you? A lot of us in here feel very intimidated by that question because we are expecting God to provide something, but he's not providing that specific thing. So I can't really tell people and testify, God, I, I, I see you provide. I see you supply certain things that, that I thought I would never be able to supply. But some of us in this room are having a hard time with that. Let's look at Matthew 6 again, verse 11. Give us today the food we need. The point of this scripture is not that we should just pray for our food. That's the first thing that everybody thinks about when he said, give us the food we need. Lord, thank you for the food today. It's delicious. That's what we think of first. But what he's really trying to say is that he's trying to talk about the principle of it. This is literal. Yeah, food. Pray for your food. But the literal piece of what God's trying to talk about is every need in your life being met. And the funny thing is, is that every need that you think needs to be met might not be met all of your life. There are going to be needs at your age right now, and there are needs when you're going to be 97, if any of us live that long. We will all have needs until we pass. It's it's inevitable. We will always have needs. But the question is, is that do I really believe that God can supply the majority of what he knows I need? So I have to ask myself that. Because, listen, if God is wise enough to create me and create the world I live in, then I can say that he knows me well to take care of me. If he created you, if he built you a certain way, if he wired you a certain way, I can tell you right now there are needs that he can provide because he created you. He knows how to take care of you. He knows how. He knows how to take care of you. God wired you a certain way to where he knows how to provide for specific needs in your life. Maybe you're not even asking him for. And I believe that's what he's trying to do. Philippians 4.19 says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs in his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Here's the question. So when you read that scripture, you got to take it into the context of what it's talking about. Are you asking God for what you want or for his glorious riches? Because last time I checked, your needs or your wants are not sometimes lined up with his glorious riches. Let's be honest in this room. We're asking God for stuff that is not according to his glorious riches. And this is why we fail in prayer of provision. God knows what he's going to provide for me. Here's another problem that I've learned. We like to take control of our own provision. 
We like, we know what we want and we know what we need. So I'm not going to ask God for it because I can get it for myself. Eh. It's not always the case. There are things that you try to reach for. So, so for example, you try to reach love in relationships, not God. You're trying to reach affection in others rather than your father. So now you're stuck in embarrassment and insecurity because you have been reaching to that person more than you have been reaching God. And so provision taken into our own hands is doom. You're doomed by the fact that you are providing for yourself. You're in doom for the fact that you're trying to put something on your shoulders rather than letting God take care of that for you. God is always in control. Let me tell you something. God is not petty. God is not going to fight on who's control of your provision. If you want to be in control of your own provision, God's like, I ain't, take it. You want to take care of yourself, do it. God's not stopping you from providing for yourself. He's going to let you do it. But look at the results of what you try to make and what God can do. I have seen in my life that God has provided way better for me than I have for me. What does that mean? Well, Jacob, I work. I make money. I can supply myself. You really think you got that job on your own because of your charisma and and, and all this cuteness you got? Sometimes it is going to be God opening doors for you to provide for a job. I'm serious. I don't, I don't care what you said to the manager that persuaded you into the job. A lot of times God is going to provide things in your life. He gave you food to eat. Let's make it simple. Let's go to the baseline. God gave you food to eat. He gave you water to drink. He gave you a roof over your head. I got to start at the baseline because if I'm so ungrateful with the big stuff, that means I haven't been grateful with the little stuff. So I got to make my baseline of gratefulness of provision low. Because if I keep it too high, I will treat God as a false God. that He can't really provide. Dude, he's providing everything else. He is placing all the provision in your life there. But that's not what you're, that's not what you were expecting. You were expecting, well, Jacob, I want him to provide the big stuff. I know he's providing the little stuff. I've been thankful for the little stuff. I need him to provide something a little bit bigger than just food and water. Than just a roof over my head. I know that. I live in it every day. I get it. I need to know if he's going to provide for my other needs, hidden needs, needs that I don't even talk to others about because I don't think if I tell them, they're going to throw it to the pigs. I need, this need needs to come from God. But I've asked him, but he hasn't answered it. I've asked him, but he hasn't granted the wish. I asked him, and he has said nothing. But the question is, are you expecting God to give you your needs from what you want or from the needs of his glorious riches? God's glorious riches will supply needs. Let me make a reference, too. If you remember in Exodus, when Moses took the Israelites out of Egypt, they are now free from 400 years of slavery. That's a long time. That is a very long time. People that are in jail for life sentence, I mean, these people, because back in, back in biblical time, back in Old Testament, they lived forever because the earth was so young at that time. And so they're living a longer time. So there, there's 400 years of Pharaoh enslaving these Israelites, God's chosen people, and Moses gets them out of there. 
But now they're in the desert. This is crazy, y'all. We do this. This is what, this is why I relate to the Israelites because God gave them what they had asked for. They were like, God, I'm hungry. And God said, okay, manna from heaven. But manna from heaven wasn't like the salmon they ate from Pharaoh. It wasn't the same dish that they had gotten from Pharaoh. Here's what's scary about that. Sometimes we can really get to a point where sinful slavery is more comfortable than freedom. Because when you live in slavery for 400 years, you can get very comfortable with Pharaoh. You can get very comfortable in your habits. You can get very comfortable in your sin. You can get very, very comfortable in a place where you are not supposed to be and it's killing you spiritually. And so they get the manna from heaven. They have it. It's what they needed. There's this one phrase from a, from a dietitian that says, I eat to live, not live to eat. What that means is that I'm eating to live. I'm not eating to be full. I'm not eating to, to give my, get, put myself in so much gluttony. I have to eat to live. So God was giving them what they needed, but not what they wanted. They were complaining to Moses because Moses was the direct um, voice from God. And what blows my mind is that God is giving them spiritual freedom. He's providing manna from heaven. He's providing something that didn't grow from the ground. It came from the sky. And yet they complain. Why? Because when you don't get provided the way you thought you were going to get provided, that's when the questions start to rise. And I've learned something. God is always surprising my preference of provision. God is always surprising my opinion of what I think I need. Because eventually I have come to the point where if I'm being provided from God and he supplies it for me and it's not how I want it, I have learned to be content because God is not going to give you what you want, but what you need. So when you ask God what you're needing right now and you're saying he didn't provide it, maybe he did, but just not in the way that you think it is. Not in the way that you suppose it to be. This is where the controlling of provision gets out of hand, and we got to learn to let go. God can meet your everyday needs and provide for you over and over and over again, but you have to break the cycle of what you think you are needing. So if you have a need in here, and you are asking God to provide it, God, give me that bread. I need the bread. I need this stability. I need this comfort. I need this peace. I need it from you. And if he gives it to you in a certain way, are you willing to accept the order that you did not see coming? A lot of times. Now, let's let's make it clear. If you're in sin, yeah, God's not going to provide for you. When you're rebelling and disobeying God, there's no provision. The blessings are restricted because God has boundaries. God does not go near sin. So that's where it takes us to repent, turn away from our sin, and go back to him in order for us to get the provision back. Now, he is willing to provide as many times as we can before him with our request, but we have to be okay with the fact that he's not going to do it the way we want him to do it. 
a couple years back, uh, around, I would say 2014, 2015, um, my dad had got laid off. I've said this story before. My dad got laid off. He had 25 years of experience in the oil field. He was doing a great living for a family of five because he needed to. We're a family of five. And he was providing extremely well until things with the oil spill and all that. And they were cutting people who had experience because they got paid the most. And so my dad got cut off. And what happened in that moment, we, it was a while before my dad ever got a job because there were a lot of places because that was the only experience he had. And so it was very, very hard for us, for my dad to get another job. So we're thinking, cause it, it was a while. I don't know how long. I mean, I'm, I have no idea how long it was. It was, I feel like it was more than a month and we were waiting and waiting for my dad to get a job. And we were the fear of, so as a kid, I'm laid back, I'm chilling. I'm like, my mom and dad got it. I don't have to worry about it. But as an adult now with bills and I'm in an apartment, I'm about to get married, all this stuff. I understand now how much stress my dad was under because when you get something ripped from you like that, you're not just going to say, oh, praise the Lord, he's going to get me another job. You start to freak out. You start to have panic attacks because you are so afraid of what if I don't get this job again? What if they don't hire me? What if, what if, what if my family of five is going to have to be? I don't think my dad thought that way because my dad is a machine. Like, like it's scary. My dad can work hours on it. It scares the living heck out of me. But if I was in my dad's shoes, I would be freaking out. Because when something like that of you gets stripped and now you have the responsibility of five children on your back, it's not fun. So as we're waiting and as we're praying, we're praying to the Lord. We're, we sought out the Lord for my dad to get a job. And what God did, he didn't find him a job right away. Look at what God did. Every bill was paid while my dad didn't have a job. Either it was the extra money that God was able to provide from people, and even the courtesy of even our church has helped provide certain bills to be paid. Every bill was being paid. But it wasn't, but we were like, but we were, this is what my dad was praying for. I need a job. I was asking the Lord, Lord, help my dad get a job. I was a young, I was a young dude. I was probably uh, 14, 15, 16 at the time. And I'm asking the Lord to give my dad a job. And instead of giving my dad a job right away, he gave him bills that he was able to pay. My, the Lord gave him money to pay through people or through things that we couldn't even explain. I can tell you right now, our needs may change in different seasons, but God's ability to provide for us never changes. God is always going to provide, but it's going to be different every time he does it sometimes. It's not going to always be the same thing. It's not always going to be the same scenario over and over and over. I can tell you that was the biggest testimony that we had, seeing my dad not have a job and God still providing every single bill to be paid without him having a job. That's God's provision. My provision was, oh, my dad needs a job. God's provision is, I'm going to take care of that for you even when you don't have one because I am your father. I am a provider. I know what you need. I know how to take care of you. So I'm going to do it the way I can do it, not the way you thought I could. So I was grateful that God provided like that. And some of us need to be in that same loop that God's going to provide different ways than we ought to think that he would. So you're wondering, Jacob, how do I apply this? How 
Do I apply praying to the Lord for provision? Do I just ask him all this stuff? What, what am I going to do? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 makes it plain and simple. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God and above, above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Provision comes. God has great riches for you only if you're willing to pray and seek him. Let's be very clear with this. It doesn't take one prayer for God to provide. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But if he doesn't answer the first time, do you give up? If he does it the first time, or maybe he doesn't do it the second time, do you give up on God asking for the provision? And I'm not just talking about physical stuff. I'm talking about emotional stuff, mental stuff, healing. God is a provider of healing. God's a provider of healing the past. Have you asked him for that more than once? Because if he didn't ask the first time, have you given up? Have you given up on giving God your past? and him redeeming it and providing the healing that he is gifting you to have. Scripture is clear that God will provide everything for you, everything you need when you seek his kingdom. When we put God first in our lives, he honors that by providing for us in just the way we need. And I want to let you know this, because this is tight as well. This is a very important piece that you need to know. Is God providing for you and he's already supplied you with it, but you are letting things in your life take that away? Are you letting things take it away? We pray to God, Lord, give me peace. Lord, give me joy. Lord, give me strength. And we go and compare ourselves on Instagram and think to ourselves that that's good. That we think to ourselves, so so I'm asking God for peace, but social media is taking it away. I'm asking God for peace, but Snapchat is putting me in misery. I'm asking God for peace, but those people in my phone won't stop telling me stuff about myself. So I need to learn to delete what God is giving me peace for. I'm at, so you got to stop asking God for peace because he already gave it to you. He's already given you peace. You got to knock the stuff out that's taking it away. You need to take stuff out of your life that is stealing peace. Because nobody can steal the peace of God unless you let it. Unless you give them the supply for it. So God's providing you peace, but you're providing your peace to comparison. You're providing your peace to seeing other things in your life. Comparing your peace to like, oh, like I, I wish I could, I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. And you are setting yourself up for failure because God provided all of those things in your life. But now you're not at peace. Not because God didn't provide it, but because you're going to the wrong stuff for peace. So delete what doesn't give you peace. Delete that number. Delete that Snapchat friend. Delete the follower. Because I'm making it relatable to you because a lot of you are in the stimulation of social media and are, it's killing your anxiety. It's making your anxiety go above a hundred, but you're asking God for peace. God's already given you peace. He already instills that when you become a child of God. You got to get stuff out that's stealing the peace.
God's allowing you to have those things. God is allowing you to have the things that he says he would provide for. But is it because he's not doing it or is it because I'm not protecting my peace? I'm not, I've learned this. God wants me to protect my provision. God wants me to keep safe my provision. The Bible says to guard your heart. It's kind of funny when we say somebody breaks my heart because we gave it to him anyways. So now you have to learn to guard your heart, guard your provision, guard those things. God is giving you joy, but what is it in your life that's stealing the joy? What is it that's stealing that provision? Think long and hard, because a lot of us know we're not idiots. Y'all are very intelligent kids. I love y'all. Y'all are so intelligent. Y'all know exactly what is stealing your peace. You know exactly what is stealing your joy. You know what is stealing the joy within you, those things. You know what, watch this, you know what's stealing your healing. Because you keep going back to that same trauma. You know what's stealing your faith. But you keep going back to it and you keep reading the headlines and you keep reading all the other stuff that's happening in the world. Now your faith is depleting because you have lost the provision that should have been with you, but you are letting it take it. That's my theory. That's my opinion and understanding of what's going on. But some of you need to learn to delete what's not giving you the provision. So praying for God's provision is very easy, but we have made it complicated. Matthew 6.33, go back to it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, living for the Lord, and he'll give you your needs. That means there's some things in your life that are stealing your surrender to the Lord. There are things in your life, and you're not experiencing provision because you've given in to pride. Things are stealing your provision because you're giving in to poor things that aren't worth your time. That situation is not worth your time. That person is not worth your time. They, these things are depleting you. So you need to learn to delete what is stealing your, provi- your provision. And until you get to that point, you will stay miserable in the same cycle over and over, over and over. I'm telling y'all, I've been there as a teenager. When insecurity kicks in, you get hungry. And when you get hungry, you start searching for stuff. You start going for stuff. You start reaching for stuff. When the Father of Heaven knows what you need. I wish I would have learned that as a teenager. But I didn't. Because everything was yippity kaye. we love the Lord. But... But I'm embarrassed. I'm frustrated. I'm, I feel disconnected. I need God to provide not just physical needs. Physical needs can perish when I die. They perish when you pass. The physical needs won't always stay. But the emotional needs, the mental needs can last forever. And this is where I have to ask myself, am I letting God provide? Am I rejecting what I didn't expect? Am I actually giving giving it away? We're giving away our provision. We're giving away our peace. We're giving away our joy. We're giving away our faith because 
we haven't learned that we're supposed to protect it. That what God gives you is yours, nobody else's. What God gives you is for nobody else to obtain. That is for you. That peace is for you. That healing is for you. That joy is for you. God gave it to you, so stop giving it to everybody else. Well, I'm not trying to give it to everybody else. What did I just mention? You're giving it away to people on your phone. You're giving it away to people who are draining you on the outside and also killing you on the inside. You're draining these things away, and now you got to learn. i got to make a decision now. A decision on my provision. I need to make a decision. Am I going to let this keep stealing it? Or am I going to finally keep the provision God has gifted me? It's a treasure. God's provision is a privilege and a treasure. You need to keep it with you all the days of your life. He has given it to you for you to obtain. Here's the application for tonight, and then I'm going to close. Tell God what you need and trust that he will meet your needs as you seek him. So here's another challenge. You've been asking God for a long time. Maybe some of you in here aren't the ones that, like, I prayed once, I gave up. You're the one that's been trying, and you haven't had an answer. Maybe that answer is not what God's trying to give you, but maybe that answer will come when you continue to just seek him as who he is. And maybe some of us in here can't receive provision because we do not know Christ. That is the ultimate reason. We can say sin. We can say um, he's providing different, all these artistic ways. But if you are not experiencing his provision general, you've never have and you feel like you never will. Do you know Jesus, the true supplier, the true provider, the one that you're supposed to live for? Is that who you believe in and you surrender your life to? Tell God what you need and trust that he will meet your needs as you seek them. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to take a moment because a lot of us in this room are struggling with understanding God's provision. Jacob, how do I pray for God's provision? You seek him. It doesn't get more simple than that. Because people will tell you, oh, you got to pray in tongues three times a day and you got to do all this. You got you to pray the Ten Commandments. They're going to tell you all this stuff, but the one thing that the Lord ultimately says, it makes it so simple. He says, seek me. Seek me. This reminds me of when Peter was on the boat and Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, hey, just tell me to come and I'll, and I'll go on the water. Jesus said, come. Jesus didn't say all of a three-point sermon about how to walk on the water. He said, come meet me. This life we live for the Lord is very simple, but man has complicated it. The, Lord, the gospel is very simple, but the world has made it more than it ought to be. The true gospel, y'all, it's not to be a good person. It's not to do all these works to where you can get into heaven. It's not about that. What it's about is that you are believing by grace through faith that Christ died and rose again for your sins and mine and that I am justified by Christ because I serve him and I believe in him. 
there's a transformation that has to happen in some of your hearts tonight for you to experience provision. If that's you, if you feel like, look, Jacob, I'm not experiencing provision because I don't really think I know Christ the way I'm supposed to. If that's you, nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand, lift your hand up. You feel like, Jacob, I, I, I feel like there's no provision because I might not know Jesus like I'm supposed to. I don't know if I truly believe that Christ died. I don't believe that I'm going to heaven, I think, because of my sin. That's okay because Christ is willing to redeem that sin. And once you're saved, you're justified, which means you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall short. But God's grace and mercy is new every day. So if that's you, raise your hand. For the second group of people, y'all thought I was done. I'm not done yet. There's a second group of people in here. You've been in church for a long time. You are a church kid to the teeth. And you have never experienced God's provision ever in your life. And you want to experience that in your life. If that's you, lift your hand. Throw your hand up. If you have not experienced God's provision, I see that hand. If you have never really experienced God's provision in the way that you're needing it, there are needs in here that are specific that you're asking God for and you haven't had an answer. Throw your hand up. put your hand back down. I want to speak to those people that raised their hand. This is for you. The Lord wants you to know, stop expecting a type of provision and just expect provision. Just know that God's going to provide in some type of way. And he's asking you to pray to him and ask him, to show you the provision because to those who have raised their hand in this room God might have provided it already and you haven't really seen it it hasn't been revealed to you yet so ask him right now Lord I want to see the provision if it's already here if not Lord I pray whatever provision it is Lord you know what I need you know you know what takes you know how to take care of me you know what supplies I need so Father I ask Lord that you would give it and that you would show me, that you would release it to me, Lord. Because I know, tell the Lord, tell the Lord confidently, Lord, I know you know how to take care of me. I know you do. So I'm trusting in you. I'm believing for the miracle. I'm believing for the provision. I'm believing for the healing. I'm believing for the anxiety to be healed. I'm believing for this, for this darkness to get off of me. I'm believing for these things to come to pass. But Lord, keep my faith up. Ask him that. Lord, keep my faith up. Keep my belief in knowing that you will provide. I'm not getting specific about it, Lord. You already know what it is. Lord, I just need you to provide. Whatever you need to do, Lord, provide. Give God that space to provide for you. 
don't always just be specific. We can be specific a lot of the times and he'll grant it. But sometimes there's a deeper need that God wants to meet before he meets the one you think you need to meet, that he needs to meet. You need to ask him, Lord, what is the real provision that's going on within me? Lord, am I asking the wrong question? Am I asking for the wrong provision? Am I asking for something that I don't need? Is there something deeper that I need? Is there something deeper that that you are calling me to? Is there something deeper than that? Ask him right now, Lord. There's a deeper need that you are asking me. There's a deeper need, Lord, that you are showing me that I need to see. There is a deeper need. You don't need to raise your hand, but there are people in here who need emotional and mental needs. You need to ask God right now to be present. Some of you are destroyed here. Some of you are ripped apart here. Some of you in this room are completely broken. And it wasn't your fault. And you didn't ask for it. And you didn't supply that. You didn't plan on that. But it happened. But God is the planner. God knows how to plan his provision for you. So ask him right now, Lord, I am broken in the emotional area. I am broken in my thoughts. My brain is everywhere. I have been thinking of the worst case scenario. I've been thinking of all of these anxious thoughts that are making me miserable. I feel like I can't be a a joyful person because I'm so miserable in my mind. Ask him to be present. The book of Micah just said it when I talked about in the beginning. He said that even in the darkness, the Lord will be my light. Let the Father of lights be the guiding light in your darkness. That's his provision. He wants to provide comfort. He wants to provide, like, you know, sometimes he's not going to provide a revelation word. He's just going to be present. He's just going to be present with you in this moment. So, Lord, I pray that you're present in this broken person's life. There's some. There's at least one person in this room who is distraught, frustrated, over the counter. They are done with everything. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help them rise again. Lord, let that be the provision. Let that be the provision, is that you are present in the midst of brokenness, that you are present in the midst of trauma. You are present in the midst more than anybody else can be when nobody else is around you're there so father i ask that you would be present and the peace of god would flood this room i don't know who this is for but the lord is asking for somebody in this room to breathe in and breathe out Someone in this room has high anxiety. And the Lord is telling you, you've been thinking about multiple things right now. Your mind is in a thousand places. The Lord is telling you, trust in me. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in 
and breathe out. And let my breath, says the Lord, breathe life into you. You have been anxious. You have been feeling like you're crazy. You feel like you're psycho. The Lord wants you to know you can be calm in the midst of my presence. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Take this method with you, says the Lord, and I want you to breathe your anxiety down. Calm yourself. I have given you authority to calm yourself through the power of my Holy Spirit. You can calm yourself down. You're not stuffing anything. You just don't have the time right now, so you got to use something. So the Lord is saying to breathe in and breathe out. For the day of victory, whatever you're worried about, will come to pass. Lord, we thank you for this word of provision. Father, I ask, Lord, that whatever provision that they need tonight, Lord, that you would supply it in the way that you can. Lord, I ask that in all the stuff that's going on in our life, Lord, I pray that we would have the encouragement. Lord, it's not, it's, we don't just have to have more faith to have peace. We need to delete some things to keep the peace. Lord, because we, we are asking for your peace, but there's no room because we have filled it with junk that is stopping your peace and we're living in misery. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help them to delete it, to wipe it away because they have the power to do that. The Lord's not going to control you and make you delete it. You're going to have to ask the Lord to give you the courage. Pastor Jacob, you don't know how long I've known this person. You don't know what this thing does for me. You have no idea. I know, but the Lord is telling you to delete it. Because that might be the exact thing that's stealing your joy. It's stealing what God provided. So Father, we ask, Lord, that you would give the encouragement and the boldness to delete it. Because you have given us the grace and the mercy to do those things because you have given us the authority and the grace to do it. Lord, we thank you that we can get this bread. Lord, that we can get this provision. And the Lord wants to tell us tonight, let's get this bread. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. And we praise you for not what you do for us, but Lord, the God that you are. We thank you and we glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.